0: Welcome to Is This Thing On, the podcast hosted by me, Sachin Nakrani, and a woman who can't wait to have a cappuccino during a burlesque show, Lindsay Bowers. How are you, Lindsay?
1: You are very observant when it comes to my Twitter, aren't you? I'm
0: obsessed with your Twitter account. It's the only, <laughs> in fact, it's the only Twitter account I follow. It's not, it's not really. I've got about 780 on the go, which is way too much But uh, Yeah, that does refer to a, or relate to a tweet you put out a couple of days ago. Do you want to explain it in more detail?
1: yeah um i think it might have even been yesterday actually or the day before all the days are molding into one anyway but yeah i just put it on twitter well i asked on twitter is anyone else making a list of the things they'd like to do after lockdown because at first it was like i usually have one or two cappuccinos a day um either at work or at the weekend if I go out for brunch or something I just love a nice cappuccino we've talked about cappuccinos before haven't we the weirdness of having one in the evening in a restaurant but I do love one to wake me up in the morning and that's been one of my main kind of cravings during all this very first world problem I know but as time goes on, I find myself wanting to do things that I usually wouldn't even think about. Like, I'm really craving go for a swim. I literally have never been for a swim in London in my life. Really? Never? Uh, never, never, wow. no. I only,
0: yeah.
1: I only swim when I go on holiday.
0: Wow.
1: And um, I found myself thinking the other day, oh, when all this is over, I'm going to get tickets to a burlesque show. Because I went through a period um, with my friends a few years back. We actually went to quite a few burlesque shows. I've been to quite a few in London, but cracking night out and i think it's just something about the kind of stimulation you kind of you sit down have a meal with your friends and you have comedy you have singing you have dancing it's just like an attack on all the senses and like i, I just really feel like when this is over i want to do something like that
0: Yeah, something I wild and i guess very very different to being indoors with the same person in a relatively quiet environment all the time makes sense i guess Exactly. as yeah. well as having familiarity of a cappuccino um,
1: what do you want to do other than going to
0: a football match because yeah yeah that is genuinely the most uh, the biggest thing i'm missing in my life is going to football with my mates yeah I'm, I'm i'm missing that hugely yeah and i saw your tweet and i was thinking about it and we'll come on to this because i want to sort of talk about life's change in lockdown and how i've adapted and actually sort of slightly enjoying it um which i'll talk about more in more detail soon but in terms of things i'm missing. Um, Sort of on the ca- cappuccino theme, yeah, I'm missing a sort of specific food product. Mine's very, very specific. It's the granola from Pret, that Pret sell. Uh, they okay. sell a like 1.99 granola pot. And I literally have one a day when I'm at work. There's a Pret right by our office, uh, the garden's office in um, St Pancras. There's a prep like two minute walk from the office. Mm. and um i get a granola pretty much every day it's i'm doing a massive advert for brett here but um, i really <laughs> do enjoy um they're not cheap as i said 199 but i tend to get one and have it with my lunch have it with my, my sandwich at lunchtime um so yeah i'm missing that um I'm missing coffee. Is it the one that comes with,
1: like, the fruity coolie kind yeah, of Yeah,
0: so it's, it's, yeah, it's yoghurt with a sort of the raspberry or strawberry coffee. Yeah, yeah, of, I have that sometimes. Of bathroom, yeah, with, with the yes, sort of flakes yes. at the top, and you mix it all in, and it's really, really nice. Yeah, I'm missing having sort of good coffee, sort of uh, takeaway coffee. Yeah. Obviously, you can have as much coffee as you want at home, but I mean, we have instant, and it's, it's fine. But it's a bit plain and gets a bit repetitive, so it'd be nice to have something a bit frothy or whatever, so I agree with you on that. But mm. I was just thinking as well, having seen your tweet, I've been thinking, uh, I think me and my wife discussed this one evening a while back, um, not being able to go for coffees and the prep granola, it, one one positive from lockdown is I'm saving a fuckload of money. Oh did, god,
1: me too. I did the yeah. maths
0: around this. So I, I probably spend about four or five quid a day on coffee and granola at work. So if you're in work that's you know five days a week most weeks, bottom end of that is 20 quid a week. We've been in a lockdown for nine weeks now, so that's 180 quid not spending any money on my oyster card that top that comes up to about 20 quid a week so that's another 180 quid all the money i've saved from not going to football so travel you know, getting a coach up food alcohol in the pub beforehand so all in all i think as we speak nine weeks in i'll probably save about 600 quid and when you then take in the fact we won't be going on holiday this summer um i mean when, when this is all over i'll be thousands of pounds richer i mean I, yeah. I don't, I don't want to sound smug, and obviously, there's people who've lost their jobs during this time, which is absolutely horrific. Yeah, yeah. But that, is, that is kind of a decent benefit from this, saving shitloads of money.
1: It's pretty much the only benefit for me because I'm the opposite of you. I was quite content at the beginning of lockdown, but I'm losing my fucking mind now, Sachin, honestly. Really? it's really getting to me I feel like a caged animal and honestly I want to give I want you to cheer me up during this chat because I really need cheering up it's so good to be talking to someone else (laughs) I mean obviously I I, I love um, being in lockdown tally but um, you do kind of fall into a pattern of sort of um, speaking to the same people all the time and the people we do talk to um, regularly over zoom like you know I love them I love talking to them but it's nice to like Mix it up a bit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that—that's interesting. Yeah, maybe we are going in different ways with this. Because I was, yeah, uh, when we did the pod, just me and you a, a few weeks ago, that you know I was suffering a really bad mood swings. I think the week before we'd recorded, I'd had a really bad week mentally. I just felt shit. Um, yeah. But yeah, you were—I mean, you were doing your banana bread. You were playing guitar. So you sort of gone the other way. Oh, you really strong. My
1: motivation's gone out the window. I'm still doing a bit of guitar. Um, I'm still reading more than I was, which was nice. But I remember I said to you um, when we did our first lockdown episode, um, you were asking, oh, what are you watching on telly? And I said, well, I'm not really watching telly because I'm doing so many other things. And oh, this is amazing. But no, I've, I've fallen into the slump of just sticking the telly on. And, and because it's so hot at the moment, I hate running in the heat. So I'm not doing mm. as much exercise. Um, and, you know, I've told you, uh, we, we have officially put our wedding on hold. Yeah, well, so I was going to ask you I, about this.
0: Yeah, should we talk about it? Yeah. Because I know I messaged yeah. you, I think you tweeted on Saturday that the wedding and the fish had have been cancelled, and I messaged you. We were going to have a chat. Well, I should have day. said
1: postponed, but
0: yeah,
1: it's been postponed by 15 months. So, you know, it's like, Jesus...
0: Well, we were um, on Saturday about the pod, weren't we? And then you, you didn't feel up to it, which was totally understandable. Um, so yeah, what I was, was going to just... ask you today then, what's the sort of situation? So you say you postponed. Have you at the same venue? Have you been able to lock down the same venue for a different date?
1: We've actually been very lucky. It's been a very swift um, sort of postponement in that we've actually heard today that the caterer, the marquee people... Uh, most people well actually everyone I think now is perfectly okay with a change of date and it's not even costing us that much more we haven't really lost any money in this okay. because we hadn't really paid anything up front yet so in that regard it's not very stressful it's just a mental kind of you know being a woman in my mid-30s it's not ideal to put things off yeah and I it's a vanity thing as well Like I, I'm like I want to look my best On my wedding day And I just got to a place Where I'm like Really getting really fit And running loads And like To fit into my dress And, and I'm like Oh god I'm going to be another year older And god knows Like I'll have to like Make sure I stay on the Exercise bandwagon For another year now <laughs> It's just but it's just it's just the emotional disappointment of looking forward to something and building something up in your head mm. and then obviously it's not happening anymore not not in a couple of months anyway um but leading up to us making a decision i was bereft i was i had a few you know moments but now the decision has been made i feel a lot better i do um and we can make it bigger and better we we can save more money we have more time to think about exactly what we want um and yeah, we'd, we'd just be more prepared in all sorts of ways, more mentally prepared as well, because honestly, I was mentally finding it quite hard to get my head around getting married because it's, it's a very big deal for me as a former commitment phobe. Mm-hmm. Um But having it taken away from me has made me realise i fucking want to do this you know yeah. <laughs> but i just have to wait another
0: year yeah well so... we said on the first lockdown episode i you know i feel i feel strongly about i felt strongly about it then and i feel strongly about it now you know we are allowed to mourn the little things we've lost and obviously there are bigger things going on people are dying and they're literally in their hundreds and thousands yeah. people are losing their jobs people are being locked into really difficult home situations you know I, I think a lot about victims of domestic abuse who are trapped at home now with someone who's Obviously making their life hell so there are huge things going on but we've all lost little things and I'm not going to apologize for that you've you know your wedding's been cancelled I know how excited you were when we first uh, started recording the pod way back last summer it was I could see the excitement in you and how, how much you're looking forward to it. we've spoken about it intermittently ever since you know with me yeah with the football it is a big deal for me and, and the football's coming back slowly now it restarted in Germany at the weekend and the Premier League players have started training again this week it will come back Touchwood next uh, next month, but it won't be with fans, so I won't get to see my team Liverpool win the league. I won't be there; I'll be watching it on TV. They'll be winning the league in an empty stadium, and yeah, you're you're absolutely entitled to feel, you know, to feel gutted that your wedding's not happening this year, you know. And um, that's really interesting we say from the sort of the vanity point of view. I remember when I got married, I kind of went on a big exercise push and uh, mm-hmm. got myself in as decent shape as I can, and. Um, yeah, you can obviously you're naturally fit on you exercise naturally anyway. So you I'm sure you'll be fine from that point of view. But I totally get that when you your mindset is totally it's like it's like training for a marathon almost, isn't it? If you're training for this one big day, it's a mental and physical preparation. And when that's thrown Absolutely. off course, it is just so fucking frustrating, isn't it's it? It's like
1: that goalpost is just so much yeah. further away now. Um, but on the plus side, I have kind of either like we, we made the call on Friday, it's now Thursday, so it's not even been a week and already I'm like it doesn't matter if i get a little bit soft around the edges now i'm gonna eat that extra cookie i'm gonna have that glass of wine i don't have to go for a run today because i've got a very long time to get in shape now
0: yeah but Uh, i don't think that'll be a problem for you i mean i haven't i've only known you for like a year but you don't seem like someone who suddenly is going to put on a lot of weight you seem naturally quite well i (laughs) about middle
1: age spreads i'm gonna be a month away from 37 by the time i actually get down the aisle
0: that's still uh that's still like three years younger than I'll be? Or? or
1: my face would have decomposed from the amount of booze and fags I'm having in lockdown. Oh, you're smoking, still, are you still smoking, are you? Do you know what? I I don't smoke loads. I have one, maybe two a day. Yeah. But it's it's still... I actually Googled the other day, is one cigarette a day really bad for you? And actually, it really, really is. Like, there's no getting around it. Because you no Google that specifically? Bad specifically for you. You. Yes, you yes. yes, I know, because I'm like, oh, this isn't good. I really should but you know, it's it's temporary. It's temporary. I feel like I need to give myself something yeah.
0: to so, do. So, how, I mean, are you is the guitar completely being put down, and is that not happening again? That no, did seem to be bringing no. you a bit of joy during this period. Um,
1: it is. It is. I mean, I, I'm I'm very bad at learning the guitar. In fact, you know, um, our brilliant guest in our last episode, yes. Usman Ali, he mm. told us he was learning guitar as well. And we've been in touch a bit on Instagram since he was on the podcast and he, he posted a video of himself playing and he's actually quite good. So he, he, I think he mentioned he used to play, then he put it down for years and then picked it back up again. And I, and I messaged him being like, oh, you're way like, better than I am. And he said, oh, well, I've been doing these Fender classes and Mm. and I'm just like, I can't be bothered with classes. At the beginning I started, but then I'm like, I want to learn this song because I love this song, even though it's too hard for me. So I'll just sit and try and practice the same song for ages. And I think Tammy and my neighbours are so sick of me playing the same two songs over and over again. But I am still doing it, but I do need to um, take it more seriously. But I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying
0: it. I don't think I actually mention this but I, I think like well like 99.9% of people on the earth I try to learn guitar I remember it was the summer of 2007 and I bought one and I was taking lessons I was working in Ealing in West London at the time and I found a teacher quite near the office so I, every Tuesday I remember I used to bring my guitar in on the train which was a bit of an effort in itself uh, on the tube and then I'd go to his house uh Tuesday evening and spend about an hour it was flat actually to learning. and obviously I love my guitar music you know that's my type of music, you know, Guns and Roses when I was a kid, and then the whole pop yeah. era, and I'm now into like Arctic uh, Monkeys, Kings of Leon, all those sort of bands. I just found it absolutely impossible, and I really did. I dedicate like an hour every every night to to practicing. I'd get home from work and I'd sit there for an hour, and I just found for me it was the chords, moving your fingers through the chords without mm, yeah. and you know like you'll know you know you've got to really press into them and you, and you develop those grooves in your fingers once a groove, yes place, i've got
1: colours fingertips yeah
0: and that's really key you've got to do it i remember teachers saying "Look, it'll hurt for a long time but once you develop those grooves it'll get easier but that it was really does, painful yeah. i mean it was literally painful and then i just couldn't move my fingers i just couldn't I, it's just so frustrating isn't it? at the start i don't know where you are with it but i gave up after about three or four weeks because i just found moving i think i learned the, the opening to um time of your life like is it Time of Life by Green Day, that's what it's called. Isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
1: like, a good song. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. I tried song. to learn some Green Day, actually.
0: And I got on top I've of been... that, but apart from that, I just couldn't. I, tried to, I think I tried to learn Wonderwall by Oasis, made a little bit of progress on that, but I just gave up. I, I don't know how you do the chords. The chords look impossible to me. To move your fingers, you know, to flow from one chord to the other, it looks so difficult.
1: Well, I used to play violin throughout my whole childhood, so okay. in terms of string work, like kind of positioning your fingers on strings i feel like that because tally tally is a bass player and he watches oh, me, look, yeah, yeah.
0: Has, and he's watched me has he been giving you tips
1: no right? no he doesn't really play guitar but he's kind of picked it up and had to fiddle because as a bass player he kind of you know has some idea of what to do but he's watched me play the guitar and he said you've definitely got a natural knack like you, you look like you're learning really quickly um and i did play violin flute piano i was quite a musical child uh, and i 've always loved singing, and I can read music I was quite good at theory, so I am a musical person sort of innately mm. but um yeah i just I just need to like actually put some proper thought and into it and take some lessons and i could I could get all right but I think the thing is with any musical instrument to be good at it, it takes years of practice doesn 't it and that 's the yeah. thing
0: yeah i got fast- fuss- oh. I just got frustrated i knew i 'd have to really dedicate every night for about at least a year, probably to get even half competent. And I ultimately decided I just couldn't be bothered at that time. Can I just say, going back to Usman Ali, you're right. Yeah, he was a a guest on our last pod. Brilliant guest, so funny, smart, so interesting. Uh, and one thing I just want to say to that, I mean, go, please go back and listen to that episode. It's, it's a great episode. Really, I think both of us really enjoyed speaking to him. He's a fascinating guy. Award- he was great. Yeah, award-winning actor. He's been in things like Veep and Curb and Curb uh, kind of Enthusiasm and, and Suits and been stage, stage and screen as well. And I just want to say really quickly, really, one thing I have a slight regret about the episode is we didn't talk about Liverpool because he's a big Liverpool fan. We did actually talk about it briefly, but the sound around that bit got a bit corrupted, so I edited it out. But he's a big Liverpool fan, so like me, uh um, oh,
1: maybe he'll come back on yeah, one day yeah
0: <laughs> i'm gonna say if you're listening to this man you want ever come on and just have, listen, have a quick chat about liverpool and i'll put that out as a podcast we can because i know he's a big fan and we didn't get round to that but um before we carry on we should say we're drinking so i'm on the red wine yeah you can see it there what you got well <laughs> this is quite
1: funny i started with a glass of prosecco um, but I've run out of Prosecco, like I only had a little bit left in the bottle. This seems to be a theme, so I've now filled my Prosecco glass with red wine because that's wow. all I've got left in the house. Is that a and lot of
0: red wine, or is because the glass is quite thin and narrow? It's probably about, about the it? same as a small that's glass of red yeah. wine.
1: But this bottle, I think I opened about a week ago, so I don't know what it's going to taste like. I know it's unbelievable that I could open wine, it's still around a week later, but, but say, yeah, cause I'm going to taste it now. It's a little bit vinegary, I'm not going to lie, but with, with a bad wine or vinegary wine, you just drink through it and eventually your taste buds get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> Spoken like a true Essex girl.
0: <laughs> yeah, the Essex bottle. <laughs> drink through it, it'll be fine, yeah. Should say, yeah, we're on Zoom as well so we can see each other via Zoom. Um, yeah, so you had what looked like a very, very big full glass of wine, but it is quite narrow and thin, so as you say... It's, so it's a Buseco glass full of yeah. red
1: wine, which is actually a bit odd
0: yeah and you've got that (laughs) phenomenal backdrop again that's your garden behind you as well
1: yeah it's our garden it's It's absolutely roasting today i work uh, i'm in a conservatory at the moment and all my work stuff set up because i've got a big monitor because i'm an editor um i have to work on a couple of screens and i had to keep leaving like i had to take so many breaks from work just because i was feeling physically like i was about to faint just from being in the conservatory working so it's so hot
0: Yeah. It's roasting London. This entire week's been really. Hot. I went out for a run earlier. um uh Yeah, it's baking. I had to stop two or three times just to catch my breath. And when you're standing underneath the sun, you might as well just carry on running because it's unbearable then as well. But yeah, really hot in London. I, I i totally get that about not wanting to exercise in this weather. But we can come on to this. Actually, one of the things I've I've sort of enjoyed really. It's got real regular rhythm with the exercise. I'm running every other day. I mean, I used to swim a lot. Unlike you, I used to swim a lot. And, there's a pool near where we live and that's gone obviously at the moment and I will be looking forward to that coming back. But yeah, just talking about lockdown life, I mean, we do seem to perhaps be travelling in different directions because I'm, I'm, so, I'm starting to enjoy certain elements of it in terms of the over... I mean, obviously I want to get back to normal. I want to get back to, um, you know, watching football, seeing my friends, me and you meeting in a Duke and having a, a proper chat over a pint, uh, a yeah. glass of wine, whatever, but just certain elements of it. I mean spending longer in bed obviously not having to get up and do the commute to work so even when i work from home you know i'm now traveling from the you know the bedroom to the spare room so i'm not having to get up early to get the train uh, i spoke in the last but i'm sleeping better which i think is coming from just having a generally less hectic life doing the commute being in the office being stimulated by things generally um so you know i was suffering from really bad mood swings at the start and they may well come back and i think intermittently i still feel shit about everything but i think generally I found myself sort of adjusting to the kind of slower, less hectic way of life during lockdown and thinking whether, yeah. I think it might be even helping my mental health. It's definitely helping my exercise routine. There's more flexibility in the system now in a way, because before, when I used to come home from work, I, there was no way I was going to go for a run after work. because I'm so nappered. Oh, yeah. Whereas now I'm sort of turning my laptop at five, at five o'clock and quite often just quickly wh- whacking my kit on and just going out and being able to do that. So there's a bit more sort of flexibility, which I'm really enjoying. As I said, I just feel feel a bit calmer and a, a bit more serene. And I think that might be coming from, as I said, not doing the commute. When I'm in my spare room, is quiet in here as well. So I feel quite sort of chilled out as well. I've got no telly or radio in here. I just tend to sit kind of in quiet while I'm working and that seems to be helping me out as well. And
1: When you're not spraying red wine up the walls.
0: Yeah, not spraying red I should say there's no bottle <laughs> here today, just my glass. I've learned my lesson as well. So yeah, I've, just, I've been thinking a lot this week about whether, you know, people talk about the new normal once this is all over. And I, I mean, I think that's meant in quite a depressing negative way that we're going to have to really adjust to a brand new way of life. which won't suit a lot of people. But I, I just wondered if certain elements of it can remain in place i mean workplaces i think might just become more generally flexible time working at the guardian we've created a system which allows people or allows people to do jobs which previously were deemed to be office-only jobs you had to be in to do those jobs but we've created a system now an internal it system which means you can do those jobs from the office and my a lot of the shifts i used to do were it was deemed that you could only do them in the office but now we're able to do them from home so it means you you work from home more i think a lot more people will work from home when this is all over and what that will mean as well, if that's, if that's replicated across different workplaces, different industries, the trains will be quieter. So even then, when you do travel yeah. in, that horrendous, really stuffy, sweaty community work, which Less I have,
1: stressful to, commute, which I have yeah. to deal with,
0: yeah, the, the trains will be quieter, so that will help. So, look, obviously loads of people go through horrendous times at moment. People have lost their jobs, obviously lost their lives, uh, living in horrendous circumstances, as we touched on earlier. So I think there is obviously that desperation need to get back to normal. But there's parts of this life which I would be very open to maintaining after this and that as i said having that flexibility to work from home which allows me to feel a bit more serene uh, to have you know uh, more time to myself to have more flexibility in my schedule to be able to go for a run in the evening because i'm at home anyway so just certain bits of it so I, as i said I'm, I'm just finding myself slightly enjoying this mad time but as, it, as you touched on or you said it feels like you're going the other way and you are you are yeah
1: i mean you're certainly not alone i have many many friends who say they're reveling in in lockdown and the way of life that is brought to them and it, it's funny because even though i say i i am having a tough time mentally at the moment it's probably because of the wedding it, it, at first it was well what if we can get married in august then we can't get everything sorted in time and then and now that it's we're not getting married in august i'm starting to think well What if we want to have a baby? I'm 35. By the time we get married, I'll be a month away from 37. I don't particularly want to have a baby between now, not because I'm traditional. I just, you know, I'm not maternal. But you start thinking, well, what if I do want one Monday? Like, I have to think about it. And as, as, a, as a woman in, in your mid to late 30s, nice. this, this is quite a stressful thing to happen to them, to be honest. Um, and I'm, I'm not alone. I know a few people who've had to put off their weddings, and some of them are like, well, we're just going to have a baby before we get married and sod sort of the wedding. And, and it's something that me and Tally really have to think about, you know?
0: Yeah. No, so, I'll yeah, I show you. Just so I totally get that. I mean, my wife had the same thoughts. I mean, we got married in our late 20s, so that wasn't a specific issue in terms of as soon as we get married you know it's going to become an issue but yeah two what two years after we got married our daughter was born and my wife was saying quite soon after we got married that uh, as a woman entering her 30s I have to think about it. it's a really big issue for me mm. when, when are we going to start planning for a family when are we going to start yeah um you know focusing on this really because for me the clock is running and as a man you, you just don't think about that and obviously you've lost a year. Yeah. in that very crucial period, don't you? In the, in the exactly. Of the so it's, exactly. Totally so, so get it's a big deal. It's a massive deal.
1: Yeah. So if we decide we do want to do it, I mean, I personally just wouldn't want to do it before I get married for a number of reasons. It's not, it's weird. I'm not traditional, but I would rather enjoy the wedding without having a baby yeah, like, yeah, yeah. to look after. I mean, but then you have to think. I don't know. I just I'm not a very maternal person. I've never had a huge hankering for kids, but. At, deep in my chest I have this feeling of well what if one day I wake up and I'm 39 40 and I'm like <gasps> I want to now it's now it's hit me now I want to have a baby and I have like two eggs left you know yeah um but another part of me thinks if you really wanted to have a kid it, that urge would have hit you a long time ago by now but it, it's just it's just as a woman it is hard to just have that kind of what if hanging over you and uh, yeah I guess I mean I didn't even I didn't even plan to talk about this in this podcast because it's very personal and it's one that society feels like they have a say over and they shouldn't Mm. I mean some things you see on social media the attitude towards women who decide to not have children is quite astounding sometimes and I don't give a shit what anyone else thinks but it is a lot of pressure
0: my 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 take on it has always been: I have absolutely no issue. I've never had any issue with woman, a woman or a man not having kids. That's because I took because ha- certainly having had one. But even before then, it's the biggest thing you'll do in your life is to produce another human yeah. being. So if you don't feel ready, or you just don't want to do it, don't do it because it's it's such a monumental thing. You've got to hundred percent want to do it
1: exactly. But, and exactly. and issue, I've never wanted it that much. Yeah. So maybe and I'll also, shouldn't.
0: the worst thing is to have the child. Or is people who have the child and then. Aren't fully committed to having it, or indeed regret having it, and that's even worse. So unless you're fully yeah. committed to having one, absolutely, um, absolutely don't don't have one. And speaking of that, my, I was doing I did a Zoom chat with my mates on Friday night. It was really nice. Actually, it was like my sort of close friend, my close group of friends. It was me and um, four others and um, five others. Sorry, I should say there's the six of us in total. And it's like the first time we've been together for ages. So that was really really nice. One again, one of the minor benefits of off lockdown is. Now, we'd never meet in a pub, partly because one lives in Hong Kong and one lives in Germany, but also it just never works out. Everyone's busy. But because it's, it was on Zoom, we were just able to kind of get together and have a chat. And one of them was even working while he was talking to us. He was on deadline because he's a journalist as well. But because it was only on Zoom, he was able to get and out of it. But just on kids, he's, uh, one, one of my mates, Mark, said something really interesting about the kids' situation during lockdown. And he was we were sort of talking about birth rates during lockdown will it go up and or up or down will it go up because everyone's at home and it's like well we might as well shag and produce a kid because we're going to do it anyway and this is as good as time as any we've got nothing else to do or will it actually go down because there's no one night stands happening now there's no accidental births happening i think it'll go up. do you reckon it'll go up
1: up. honestly i'm going to be completely honest the thought has crossed my mind of saying to tally Why don't we just try for one now? Like while we've got nothing else to do. But then I'm like, (laughs) but then the Uh, same part of me is like, (laughs) I know, I know. But then the same part of me is like, probably not the best reason to have a baby because you've got nothing else to do and your wedding's been postponed. And I don't know. I mean, if anything was ever to happen accidentally and I found out I was pregnant, I'd you know, I'd embrace it wholeheartedly. And I believe in fate, and I'm happy to leave this one to fate. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's something that eats away at the back of my mind. I don't know. <laughs> so I, know I know a lot of people have so much trouble conceiving as well. So yeah, yeah. I think that's part of it. I mean, people younger than me who really, really have had a lot of trouble either finally got a baby after rounds of IVF or ages of trying or they're still trying. And I think, you know if I do decide to try after the wedding at the age of almost 37, either I'm going to be one of those cocky bitches who, like, <laughs> you know, walks Damn into it. the bedroom and is up, yeah, <laughs> or, or find it can't happen. And then you find a lot of people, when when you kind of decide to let your guard down and see what happens and then nothing happens when something, you really want things to happen. It's just, you just hear so many things, but yeah, it, it is it is the most fucking stressful thing of being a woman I think like personally kind of this expectation to procreate and also I don't know kind of facing your decision if you decide it's what you just don't want to do because once there comes a point when you can't turn back on that decision obviously
0: yeah, well, are you, Do you get pressure from family and friends about this as well? No, thoughtful? no, not at all,
1: not at all. My um, parents are actually really, really cool about that kind of stuff. Like they would never kind of even hint.
0: Well, I think it's a massive cultural thing because in my, in, in my culture, in, well, I'm, well, I'm Hindu, I'm a Gujarati Hindu, I'm not, I don't practice religion at all, but from that culture, the Indian culture, there's yeah, a lot of pressure, especially on women to, to, to get pregnant and, you know, grandparents you know essentially harassing their young young grandkids you know in their 20s saying yeah. when you have a child yeah. and and all that stuff which, which is just for me absolutely horrendous um but in on the thing about pressure about kids and and, and specifically the thing about that you said about people struggling to have children I, i'm going to have another rant about so well not not another rant about social media but going back to my previous rant about social media again this is um one of my issues with Facebook specifically, and one, the reason I came off Facebook, I think I said this when we had our chat about it a few episodes ago, our last episode in the Duke before lockdown. One of the reasons I came off Facebook back in 2012 was I was getting sick of all the pictures my friends and cousins who were similar ages to me were putting of their newborn kids. Yeah. I just found it really self-indulgent and really annoying. And it just got, I mean, because of the age I was at that time, I was in my early 30s and my, I had a lot of cousins and friends who were in their early 30s. So everyone was having kids. Endless photographs of children on, on Facebook. And I came off because I just found it really annoying and smug and and self-obsessed. But the other thing around it, because I I remember you know, I had a cousin at the time, I won't mention on here, who was her and her husband really struggling to have kids. I knew that, I think a few people Mm. knew that. I don't know how public they were about it. And I used to think she's seeing all these pictures and she must be feeling absolutely devastated and and gutted about it. I'm not saying just because there's one person out there in the world who potentially is struggling to have kids, you can't celebrate having kids yourself i don't know I, just, I see this on Twitter now, people posting pictures of you know just had a newborn child, and I just think have a bit of awareness about you there 's people out there who can 't have kids who may have just lost the child and i don 't know I, maybe my brain works in a really odd way. I do think about them when I see those photographs on yeah, social media yeah. and I just think and like in people like yourself who you know you 're not in that position yourself, but you 've just said here very openly and you know from a personal point of view it's an issue for women of a certain age it's something that comes, yeah. you know dominates your thoughts at, at, at the age you are and again think about people like that as well And i don't know i just find this sort of people throwing out on. about of how of how kind of you know you know that like you've procreated and created a kid i just find that sort of showing off thing just a bit tasteless really well, to be honest well,
1: thing is, the thing is I, I completely get what you're saying but i don't think people should not post pictures of their kids on facebook's facebook because um it's insensitive to people who can't have kids or who've might have lost a child etc i get what you're saying but you know it's it, it's up to them if they want to post those pictures and i from what i hear when you become a parent for a lot of people you're just so proud and you know, you just love this little person so much. Yeah, sure, I can see why they want to show them off. The issue with me is, I don't think it's smug or showy enough, but the issue for me is, I just do not find it interesting
0: at all. <laughs> that is the other thing. It's not, oh my God, I'm so glad you said that. This is the other thing. Can I just stress if people listening to this? I can't, I can't say this any more less uh, <laughs> impolite way. Your children are not interesting to people who don't know you if if i'm not your even if i'm a, even if i'm a relative unless i'm your brother or sister if my brother has a kid i'm going to absolutely adore that child and i'm going to be obsessed with it almost as much as he and his wife are but if you're my cousin or even my friend i really don't care about your kid too much let alone if you're someone i barely know you're so true it's not interesting and everyone who has a child thinks their kid is the most interesting development straight person in the world yeah they're
1: just and nice. I'm sure They're if I had not.
0: one, I would be the same. But yeah,
1: I think if I ever have one, I might have some self-awareness.
0: Oh, please do! <laughs> I honestly, I and one thing I, I'm really happy about me and my wife—we made the decision really early on after our daughter was born. Was we were not, you know, yeah, okay, we probably did put a few pictures on Twitter, uh, not Twitter, because wasn't around at the time even or certainly we went on it but on facebook we posted a couple of pictures when she was born There was like literally one picture but neither of us have put loads of pictures on there i've got a very strict rule i never put any pictures of my daughter on twitter specifically there's been a couple yeah. of times i've been tempted you know i've taken a nice picture in the garden or whatever and i thought i want to sort of share it but I, I have a very strict rule i never do my wife who said she will never put pictures on twitter partly because of how toxic twitter is and we don't want I don't know, we don't, we, don't want, we don't want that to become anything, you know, a picture that people yeah. from, you, know, like, yeah. you take pictures from your own account and morph them and change them into things which could become really tasteless and actually offensive. Yeah. But also we just don't want to, expo- you know, okay, she's not on it herself. We don't want to expose her to that world as well. And I see, I've seen people on, on social media endlessly posting on Twitter, specifically posting pictures of their kids. And I just think, what are you getting them into? Because when they get older as well, you know, there will be pictures of them when they were like two on the potty or whatever on social media.
1: Yeah. They really, really
0: want, will they really want that out there? Will they want that when you are <laughs> at high school and you, when you feel really insecure about yourself? Like there's a picture of you from, I don't know, 14 years ago, you know, in your nappy or, or struggling to do a poo on the potty and your parents put a little comment <laughs> on it like, oh, little Sam couldn't do a poo today and like you're now 16 and you're like, fuck my mate is taking a piss at me because of this.
1: If you're a listener, a loyal listener, and you do like to post the odd picture of your child online, give us an email and tell us why you think it's okay. yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> good shout. Good well, shout. Well, we can give out the email address at the end Let's do it now In fact we'll give out both of our uh, the Twitter and email accounts So the Twitter account is at ITTOpod The email address is at ITTOpod at gmail.com And yeah no genuinely Come back at me If you're offended or annoyed by what I've just said Come back at me And, and tell me why if you do Drag him Yeah Drag me into, <laughs> your, into your world of fury and hate Tell me and Lindsay obviously as well Why you do post pictures of your kids on social media uh, if you do it regularly, or you do it, you know, in mass, and and why you think it's perfectly acceptable, I, I, I just don't like it, and I think, yeah, the fundamental reason I don't like it is it's just not very interesting. It just really is not interesting to see a picture of somebody else's child on social media. I didn't really expect to that. rant about. I really, try, <laughs> I, I had a big, you know, I had that rant about social media, or I said I gave my uh, views of social media on that pod we did a few a few uh, episodes ago, and I really try and reluctant to get back into ranting about it, but yeah. <laughs> that's the way I've got. I'm going to try and stop now but it's just stop rapping about social media all the time because I do have quite a bad relationship with it I, sh- I should be at peace <laughs> it's only given I'm on Twitter and I use it regularly but anyway there we go I think that's a pod Lindsay I think we're done um, now the lead out song pod? yeah it's a pod we have done another pod um the lead out song, so we, we, said to, we said to each other, we had a chat this week, we said we we're going to mix up the lead out song and just do it slightly so differently. As people who listen to podcasts, now the way we normally do is we, we hit shuffle on uh, our respective phones or the phone of the guests we've got on and whatever song. But I think we just thought we will mix it up and maybe try and pre-pick it. Maybe a song that means something to us at that moment or, or means something to us generally. So it's my choice this week. The song I'm going to choose is a song called Hypersonic Missiles by someone mm. called Sam Fender. Have you heard of Sam Fender?
1: I don't think so, no.
0: So he's a, he's a young, young musician from Tyne. He's 26 years old, he's from Tyne and Ware in the Northeast. Um, I don't know how I came across him. I think I heard one of his songs on telly and I just immediately took to him. He's got a really sort of powerful, um, interesting voice, uh, quite rocky, a bit poppy, but quite rocky as well. Um, so I downloaded his, his album a little while ago and uh, I think while I was working, on monday uh, it was a bit of a quiet moment and i was i'm sat in my room which is empty and i've got no one around me so i thought i would just play his album because i downloaded the but hadn't got around to listen to it so i listened to the whole thing all the way through and i loved it and i think he's um, I, th- I mean he's not unknown he's he's been around for a little while now his day de- so hypersonic missiles is the title track from his uh, album debut album which came out september 2019 it went straight to number one i believe he was also won the critics choice award at the 2019 grit so he's He's not an undiscovered talent. He's quite well-known, I think, in music circles. But anyway, quite unknown to me anyway, and obviously relatively unknown to you as well. So um, we're going to go out with, yeah, Hypersonic Missiles by, by Sam Fender. Um
1: awesome.
0: So that's it. So, yeah, um, as ever, please uh, rate and review this podcast. Five-star reviews, please. Always helps people find it. As I mentioned earlier in the um, podcast, you can uh, contact me and Lindsay via our Twitter account, which is at ittoquad, Also the email address ittopod at gmail.com as ever thank you for listening we'll be back soon um, and until then say goodbye lindsay please do get in touch we love hearing from you and goodbye thanks goodbye for me goodbye uh... Dutch kids, off balloons in the parking lot. The gold notches illuminate the business park. I eat myself to death, feed the corporate machine. I watch the movies, recite every line and scene. God bless America and all of its allies. I'm not the first to live with wool over my eyes. I am so blissfully unaware of everything. Some cars are a bomb, and I'm just out of it. The tensions are the world are rising higher. We're probably due another war.